Well, I just have one question for you. Are you ready to win? Winning with Waterfall Racing Podcast is all about helping you achieve your goals through our community. We have an incredible community of top age groupers, of beginners, of the most incredible pros, and we all come together to support each other. And we want you to be a part of the journey with us. As you know, triathlon is addicting. It's addicting because we become addicted to bettering ourselves, to growing ourselves, to seeing how far we can push the limits of our physical capabilities. And it starts with the mental mindset as well. The strength begins there. So come with us as we learn about health, as we learn about tips, as we learn about gear, as we learn about what our pros are up to. And as most importantly, we support each other through this journey. Welcome to the Waterfall Racing Podcast. Well, here is our follow-up to Kona. It was uh, it was quite the challenge to get the follow-up interviews. And uh, I'm going to say right now, apologies, as you'll see, um, for some reason, getting through to Hawaii was tough. I had to actually use a different type of recording system. And so you'll hear the difference. You'll be able to tell who was recorded in Hawaii and, uh, you know, who was able to jump into the regular recording line. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think we captured some incredible stories. We have got some great, great top age groupers. Uh, we're looking at age group 70 to 74. And and just to see all that, uh, you'll you'll meet Mike Ween and, and everything he's accomplished to this point and, and continues to go on to pursue is amazing. Uh, we also hear from 2021's world champion for the women age 60 to 64 and how, you know, she compares that to Kona. Also, our very own waterfall, Jason George, uh, getting second overall in his age group in the men's 60 to 64. And then, of course, we catch up with our pro, Andre Lopez, and then Haley Chura, 13th overall in the women's pro field. And then also from our waterfall racing team, Anna, who placed third overall um, in the female division at Kona. So, so many incredible stories, so inspiring. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, and like I said, I appreciate your patience. Uh, Haley, Haley Chura's uh, interview, especially, we had some a little bit of te- technical difficulties and you'll hear that. But you get the point. I wanted the stories out there. So I hope you enjoy. Go ahead and take a listen. I have the privilege to have Anna Stralo on here. Uh, I got to meet her first at camp. Uh, from behind because she was always ahead no matter what we were doing not just ahead but like way ahead Uh, very strong and you know honestly I just I was always watching her at camp and thinking wow you know she is definitely a level above Uh, she was hanging with you know the the one pro that was at camp with us and uh, it was just so fun to watch her at camp so it was no surprise to see her show up to Kona first Kona ever and do as well as she did, uh, you know, third overall, people, overall, which is mind-blowing. 
And then second in her age group in the 30 to 34, which is such a competitive, competitive age group. So, Anna, I don't even know where to start besides the fact that I know this was a huge dream come true for you. You've had an amazing year. I mean, just like dominating some of these, you know, races. So uh, you had to know going into this that you had a pretty good chance, you know, at, at really being competitive. Um, but, you know, be honest, did you think you would land as high as you did? Did you? Well, first, thank you for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, and second, to answer your question, I mean, I had high expectations for myself, but right. I think it's important to, you know, have those expe- expectations and turn them into appreciation on the day. Right. So, like, you have your goals, but in Kona, from what I you know, talk to people about and read, you just can't focus on any given number on the day because you just don't know how the day is going to unfold. Right. So with that mindset, I mean, I was hopeful for, you know, maybe an hour to an hour and five swim and like maybe around a five, little over five hour bike, you know, and you just, I just couldn't focus on that during the race and I think that's what helped a lot it was more so about really being present in the moment like once I was done with the swim I didn't even look at my swim time I was just like all right let's go into transit yeah out of here onto the bike um that's kind of the theme of my day was just like being present not focusing on one given thing no judgment Right, 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 right. And what's so cool, too, is I love tracking you on social was you had such a big support team there. Uh, who all, tell us, tell us who all came. Uh, I love seeing all the pictures. <laughs> I want to put, you know, kind of names with faces, like, was it family members, friends, a combination? Who all came to support you? Uh, yeah, that was a total blessing. So that was my whole family and my in-laws came. So I have two siblings. They brought their kids. Um, There's eight seven six five so they were all about so cute um my parents were there my in-laws were there and my uh sister and brother-in-law and my husband so yeah we were quite the crew um but it (laughs) all had matching shirts and had these big heads with my face on it so i definitely didn't miss them (laughs) oh my goodness that's that's so awesome now who was on the course uh keeping you up to date like when so when you got out of the swim did you have someone starting the bike telling you what position, like, or into the bike, what position you were in? Or, you know, how did your, your tracking go throughout the day? Because that's so important, too. Yeah, I had my husband and my sister out there and Hillary also. Hillary, okay. was, she was out there giving me a ton of cues. So that was really, really amazing. I, I totally appreciated her help throughout the course. Okay, so bike, did it, li- you know, what were the winds like? Did it, um, that climb, you know, everyone talks about the climb, but uh, I mean, I saw you climb. We went through like hell climbs at camp. So, <laughs> I mean, that climb had to be nothing for you, but obviously, you know, the conditions, it was hot. Uh, you know, how did you feel about the bike course? Did it live up to what everybody always talks about? Or, you know, how did, how did you see it? I expected it to be a lot worse, and yeah. I think that's probably a good thing going into it. Um, we had some crosswind, but nothing that was pushing me off my bike by any means. Going out there, there was a headwind, but again, I've had way worse. So I think we got really, really lucky on race day. The one thing that did kind of hold me back a little bit was the heat. It just yeah. got 
really hot. I mean, I felt like the back of my head was just scorching. So um, taking in fluids and just grabbing on, I would always grab another bottle like every other station just to keep cool because the heat on the bike was just dreadful. Okay. Okay. And that's, you know, usually on the bike, you have some help with wind and that's not, you know, usually where it gets intense. So it has to be really intensely hot to be, yeah. to be feeling that. Yeah. It was like, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. So um, when you finished the bike, do you know what position were you in when you went to transition? I didn't know until I came out like back into town and okay. I was like eighth or ninth, I think. I okay. had a lot. I had a lot to make up, but I wasn't in any rush. There was a lot. Yeah. A lot left. Yeah. Yeah. So you get the transition, um, you know, you transition now you're about to start to run, which is such a, obviously it was the strong point. Cause didn't you won the, the run award as well. The Hoka run award, correct? I did. Okay. So how did you, you know, what was your strategy going into the run, um, you know, to walk us through that because I think we all can learn you from, you know, from somebody who had such an incredible run on such an incredibly challenging course. Well, I was really focused on my nutrition plan. Okay. Uh, you know, typically I'm kind of like, oh, it's mile three. I probably need a gel. Whereas right. I was proactive in this race. Like, okay, when's my next salt? When's my next gel? Um, and then I was always grabbing ice and the water stations were 1.6 miles apart, which was definitely further than they typically are They're typically yeah. apart. Right. So every time I was shoving ice down my back and down my front just to stay cool. Um, I think that was a big, big part of the success was just trying to keep the body temperature down and taking in fluids. And then I also had um, my own, with me which I think was beneficial too again because the um, water stations were further apart that I mean that was rough and then when you started to get people on the course these poor volunteers were getting hit from both sides so like at one point you know I was just kind of grabbing stuff on my own there weren't really many volunteers because they were helping you know the other racers which is fine we all need to be really self-sufficient but it just speaks to you know, how much help they really were in need of. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. With the run um, from the beginning, it was all about nutrition. And then, you know, I really don't feel like the race starts till mile like 18. So once I got out of the energy lab, which felt horrible mm-hmm. in there, um, it was kind of like game on. What else do I need? I was constantly asking myself, like, how am I feeling and what do I need? How am I feeling? What do I need? And where were you at mile 18? Do you know what position you were in by then? Were you already in the, you know, up there in the yeah. lead in your spot? I, I had just, I got out of the energy lab and I just took on second in my age group. Okay. Okay. So, and you had, so, so you knew that and how far ahead, I mean, did you think, okay, do I have a chance to run down the person in front of me or, you know, what position did you think, you know, where, what was your strategy at that point? I was still making gains, but um, I don't. I knew it wasn't enough. I mean, I okay. knew I'd out of real estate. I was just going to give it my all because at that point, I was really started to feel pretty crummy. Um, but it was just a matter of head down, you know, try and ignore how I feel and just watching. Um, I didn't know 
you know, what was going to happen to the other two women, you know, right. I can't ever predict that they could start throwing up and walking, you know, right. so I had to just continue to focus on myself again, going back to that theme of just being present, not judging my performance, like in that given moment and just go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny that you say the race starts at 18. Cause that's just the conversation I had with Haley. I think it was around mile 19, 20, 21. Um, she was saying when you could see, she got to a spot on the course where you could see, and she couldn't even see an aid station for as yeah. far as she could see. She said that was so demoralizing. That was yeah. kind of like when her dark moment started yeah. uh, because that, like you said, that is when the race starts. That is what differentiates everybody is when you get to that point. When you get to that dark point there at the end, you know, because emotionally you're starting to break down physically, obviously your tank is almost empty. Where do you go in your mindset? I mean, what is it that pushes you through to hang in there and to continue to, you know, to, to finish that race strong and to know that you can get through? Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to, again, continue to stay present. I mean, I think you can, during those miles, go into a dark place really fast and, like, start walking. Especially mm-hmm. when you see other racers coming out and you're like, oh, gosh, you know, everybody is suffering. Maybe if I just, like, walk a little bit. But yeah, you can't. You yeah. cannot. Um, and that's when that, like, mental fortitude comes into play and that mindset that, is so essential to get past those points. Um, And so for me, it's like repeating a mantra or it's, um, you know, one step at a time, or um, I honestly just ask myself, like, how bad do I want it? Yeah. Yeah. When it gets so close, like, would I regret if I made it across the finish and I thought, okay, I just walked through that, you know, the last few aid stations and that cost me a few minutes. Yeah, you know, I, so that's what it is for me. Is how bad do I want it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and you're so true. You know, still being fairly new to this, I've experienced. I think, or you know, probably my first biggest, you know, situation where I now know that regret will haunt you forever if you don't unload that tank all the way. And right. it's so hard to live with regret. It is so hard. Um, and the reminder that, look, this is temporary, but the regret's going to be forever. So I've got to get through this. Uh, you know, it's, it's something that I think we all learn the hard way. And it's, it's something we go back to because we don't want to live with that regret of not giving it, you know, our all. So Anna, what is next? I know you've got 70.3 worlds coming up. It, will that be your last race for the year? Yes, that will be my last race. And with that one, I have no expectations because coming <laughs> Kona, I mean, Kona was my A race and I picked up 70.3 Worlds because I I could and I wanted to do it. And um, yeah, so that one, that'll be an interesting race. We'll see how that one plays out, but that'll finish my year. Well, let me just tell you, having seen in person, you bike. Uh, that course is going to be, you know, like second nature to you. It's it's not going to be a big deal at all. And, and the run as well. I know they lessened the, the elevation on the course this year. I think they took out the one big hill uh, that was like that we did twice. So uh, the run will be, I think it's just like 600 feet of elevation this year, the run. Like, like they cut it in half. Uh, 700. Um, 
yeah, six, seven hundred. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a lot less than it was, uh, you know, last year. But super excited to see you in person there, and to um, you know, to see see you just crush that race as well, because I know you're going to still show up and, and do well. And so now you're in Maui, you're enjoying your honeymoon. Two years later, right? Saw that I think on your social media. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, what have you guys been up to? Oh, we've just been doing all the things, snorkeling, and we did uh, the Haleaka bike tour, the sun- Sunrise Cruise. Uh, we're doing the Road to Hana tomorrow. It's just been a lot of relaxation. It's oh. a perfect place to recover, I would say. Oh, absolutely. Well, enjoy the rest of your stay. And then when do you head back? We head back on Saturday. Okay. Yep. And then you've just got like a week to sharpen up before you got to taper. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. All righty. Well, we will see you in worlds. Thanks for taking the time. And once again, huge congratulations. I can't get enough of the pictures and all the support you had there. And um, was just so proud to see you step up to your fullest potential in Kona. You totally deserved it. So I am back here with a follow-up with Jason George. And uh, Jason was a little humble, I think, prior to the race because he didn't tell us what an amazing opportunity and potential he had. Jason, you crushed this race, a course that so many people struggled with, second overall in your age group. Your time, like, is mind-blowing. Uh, I mean, tell me, tell me how the day went. How did you feel? Uh, and, and you must be so proud of your results. Well, Joy, thanks. You're you're entirely too kind. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a great day. Obviously, a lot of work going into it leading up, but um, but everything came together on the day, and obviously over the moon about the results. Um, I tend to be pretty, I don't know, conservative when I think about how I might do in a particular race and. And come on, this is Kona. This is the world championship. Yeah. So I, you know, I was thinking, well, if everything really goes right, top 10, maybe, maybe. And so to get uh, second place was I've, was great. And, and I should say I've got a great support team and simply can't do do this without them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So tell me, what was it like um, being back in Kona? I mean, like I said, I was home watching everything going on. The vibe seemed, <laughs> you know, so crazy, so amazing. And you raced on the first day, correct? So you got to yeah, watch I, the, the men's race. Okay, but following. How did you like that? I So, yeah, I raced on Thursday, which actually I was happy about because um, it meant that, you know, on Thursday I would do my job. And then I could relax and go out there and watch uh, watch the pro men and the rest of the men, the male age groups, do their thing. Um, you know, and it was fun because I had already done it, so I kind of knew what it felt like for the people who were out there on Saturday. And that, you know, I could relate to all the pain yeah. I could see in their faces. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and. But more than that, I mean, the, this is my first time racing in Kona. Um, I did do the world championships earlier this year that, you know, were yeah. delayed from 2021. They were held in St. George. Yeah. But I hadn't raced Kona before. And, oh, my God, I mean, it's it's electric. It really is electric. I mean, the vibe, all the activity, 
it's just um I don't know. I've done a bunch of races, but nothing like Kona before. Nothing um, like Kona. Now, tell me this: how did how would you compare Kona to the St. George course that you raced earlier in the year? I well, that's a really good question. Um, you know, actually, Joy, I thought the Kona course, the course itself, I didn't think was that hard. Um, <laughs> But what makes it, it the outrageous, weather? The weather? yeah, the, the weather conditions make it outrageously tough. Um, okay. I mean, it's, it's hot. It's blazing sunshine. It's, uh, it's windy. It's humid. And, and I come from Boulder, Colorado, and, and we're just not yeah. used to conditions like that. And, um, you know, so so although the course wasn't so bad, and and they make a big deal about the climb up to Javi, it's not awful. Um, but when you start adding the you know the sun just beating down on you and the humidity and the winds and all that, um, then it's then it's a completely different animal, and it is right. it's tough, really tough. Right. Right, right. Now, did you have, I heard a lot from athletes, people having cramps, even starting on the bike. Um, did you experience anything like that throughout the day, or, or did you somehow stay hydrated and, you know, and were free of that? I, fortunately, I didn't, um, I didn't have any cramps or GI issues or anything like that. But um, what you said kind of at the end of that was absolutely critical, the the hydration getting in the electrolytes, the fueling. And and I knew going in that, you know, I can do all the training in the world and I can be the, you know, the fittest athlete. But if in a place like Kona, if you get the hydration and the fueling wrong, it's game over. It's as simple yeah. as that. It is game over. In fact, I, I met with my coach on Wednesday, the day before the race, and he um, – we sat down and he said, show me your nutrition. I want to see your nutrition. I want to see your hydration. Yeah. And I said, whoa, okay, he's never done this before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but it's right. I mean, and there were a lot of people, you know, who didn't get their fueling right or their hydration right, and they were walking on the run, and that's, that's too bad. Yeah, and Jason, let me ask you this because I've heard, uh, I think it was Andre when I interviewed him on a, on a previous show, he was talking about the importance of, you know, the hydration actually starts days before. It's not like, okay, all of a sudden I'm going to hit my nutrition on race day. It's a lot of the days leading up to it. And I think that's what a lot of people maybe overlook possibly because, you know, they're in Kona, they're doing all the activities. Maybe they get too busy to really keep up with, you know, we're in this heat, we're doing these activities, all these things leading up to the race, and we really need to be really, really, you know, keyed in on our hydration in, you know, at least the two to three days, if not more, leading up to the race, not just on race day. So is that something that you kept up with, you know, and were aware of even, you know, maybe the days before? Uh, absolutely. Um, what Andre said, what you've just reiterated, um, I, I had a bottle next to me all the time in the, I, I got here in, I got in Kona about a week before the race and mm -hmm. 
it, I just had a bottle in my hand all the time. And all I also, yeah. um, every day, regardless of what training I was doing, I would take an additional bottle with um, electrolytes in it. Just, uh-huh. just because it, it, just like you say, you can't start out in a hole because you know how it is. Once, once you get into a hole in the race, you're not going to get out. You just won't get yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Jason, I mean, I think that's key right there, and I think that has a lot to do with the success you had was because you were very conscious of it in the days leading up to race day, not just race day so i mean i think that's a big takeaway for everybody you know when you're going into a race like that the days leading up are crucial um especially with everything they were running around and doing there in kona you know there was so much going on so many fun activities and you're out in the heat and the sun um so i think some athletes kind of fell behind on that and um you know that could possibly be why there was you know so much struggle but jason so what's next on your schedule are you are you done for the year or do you have anything else coming up before the year ends (laughs) I you know I wish I were done for the year. Well, not really. Um, uh, yeah. So St. George is in. God, can you believe it? In two and a half weeks. My God. Oh, good. Um, I'll be there. Good. 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 Yes. I'm, I'm racing also. We'll be at the. You'll be at the meetup. The coffee meetup. Good. Absolutely. Wouldn't miss it. Um, but but St. George will be the last one for the year. I don't know how well I'll do. I mean, the body is still a little fatigued. Although I have. I have been doing workouts. Um, my coaches, uh, <laughs> there are no holidays with my coach. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's, hey, we finished Kona. That's history. Now let's get ready for St. George. And, and that's cool. I'm, I love the training. And um, uh, so it's been a big year. Um, and I've done a bunch of racing. And St. George will be will be the last one for the year. And then uh, then I think the body needs a little little rest and recovery um but i but yeah, i am well, looking forward be, to saint george though um, i think it's going to be the icing on the cake for you i think you're jason i think you know i think because you did have such a great race um you know i think some athletes coming out of kona especially if they did have a rough race um obviously you know the recovery is is gonna you know start off being rougher as well but i think because you had a good race and you had a strong race and you i mean i think you're going to be able to just step up and, and continue all that fitness into St. George. So I'm excited to see what you do there as well. Well, fingers crossed. Um, I know some of the people in my age group who will be there. Um, so the mm-hmm. competition is going to be tough. I mean, it's a world championship, so it's, you know, yeah. by definition, it's tough. But um, the guy who won my age group here in Kona uh, will be in St. George. Um, okay. So I know that's going to be tough. Um, and funnily enough, um, it, he and I have the same coach. <laughs> so, oh, well, uh, so you know exactly who you're racing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the guy who won, uh, let's see, who won St. George, um, the world championship earlier this year, uh, he will also be there, so um, oh, it's going to wow. be a huge group. <laughs> that's oh, that's going to be so exciting. Well, good, 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 good. Well, I can't wait to see what you you know what what you have. Um, we'll definitely catch up with you there before the race, and then after once again. And and thanks for being so patient, and uh, just for keeping us updated with Kenna. It's such an exciting 
you know, week or so, you're still there. You're still living the high there. So come home, get some recovery, and um, we'll see you ready to, to show up and, and crush St. George. Fantastic. Really look forward to seeing you and, and everyone else in the waterfall group who's going to be there. It's, um, you know, it's, it's a great course. I've done it before, and, and I like St. George as a town. There's lots of uh, some good restaurants and things to do, so it's going to be fun. All righty. See you there. Thanks. So next up is Lynn. She's actually the female 60 to 64 world champion for 2021. She uh, won the title in St. George earlier in the year. And I wanted her to share her race because that race had such an epic finish to it. And there's not many chances in your life to compete in two world championships in one year. So I also wanted her to be able to compare that to, you know, just racing Kona. Before we jump into Kona this year, you have to share the end of that race because I know it was so exciting. Uh, you know, I, I was there racing. Had a, I had a horrible race, but it was so awesome to hear people like you that had incredible races and came out on top. So just the end, I know we can jump to the end of the race. When, was, when did you hear from Coach Hillary? What position were you in when you knew, okay, I have a chance? You know, like, I, I really have a chance to do this. Well, I knew I was in second place okay. at the end of the bike. Well, in the middle of the bike. I mean, I knew I was in second place in the bike, somewhere in the middle of the bike. Like, okay. So I knew when I finished the bike, I was in second place. Okay. And I asked Hillary... Um, this, when I saw her at like mile 96 before Snow Canyon, I'm like, who's in front of me, you know, and because I'm like, who's in front of me? <laughs> because I didn't know. And she said, you know, it's this Canadian and she's 30 minutes ahead of you. And I was like thinking to myself, wow, like 30 minutes, you know, Yeah. but, but also like, I've never been on the podium or close to the podium in any championship race. So I was fine with second place. Yeah. So I started the run and you know, like the run is uphill on diagonal and I saw Hillary and she's like, you know, just keep going, you know, anything can happen on the run. And she actually even said like, you know, it can come down to the last 10 K like, you don't know. And, um, so I was like, I'm just going to run, you know, I'll run. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, like the woman's 30 minutes ahead of me, like she can't also be a good, you know, she's, she must not be a good runner also. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. So I knew my age group range, like the bib, like the bib numbers. I knew yeah. some of the, some of the faster women. So I saw her like in the neighborhood area, you know, you would do uh -huh. like an out and back. So yeah. I saw her and I looked at my watch to see what time it was. And then I saw like where I was the same spot. And I was like, you know, 28 minutes behind her. So basically she was running, you know, almost the same speed as me. So I'm like, yeah. I'm thinking like, oh, well, I guess, you know, I guess she is a pretty, you know, an okay runner. Yeah. So then I, you know, went down to, you know, the transit, you know, the special needs come back up for the second loop. I, I, I was fine with second place. And I even told Hillary and, and Hillary's like, you know, she didn't even say like, go get her. She's 28, you know, seven minutes, you know, you're 27 minutes. She just said, you know, I wanted to make sure who's behind me, right. can someone catch me from behind? And the, right. everyone that I asked, I had several friends out there. They're all like, no, you're way ahead. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, I'm fine with second place. Okay. So I just kept going and I didn't even look for her in the second loop. 
you know, like I did the first time because she was so far ahead of me. I was like, whatever, second place is fine. So I did the, the neighborhood thing. I came back up that nasty hill coming down on what is it, Oak Bluff and, you know, and then to Diagonal. But when I got to here, anyway, I saw like I had friends out there, another friend who like I've raced with in Kona and she's like, she yells at me like, you know, She's only, she's only three minutes ahead of you. Oh my you know? God. <laughs> and she's like, dig, dig deep. You can catch her. And I had like, you know, two and a half miles to go. Oh my goodness. And I'm like, I just, I don't know. I just like turn on my afterburners and I'm, it was, it's all down, you know, it's all like a slight downhill. Yeah. And I just, and then Hillary was like a minute ahead of her. And she also said, oh my God, you, you know, you can catch her, dig, you know, dig deep. And, and I had three people tell me like, you can catch her. Oh. She looks terrible. She's walking <laughs> she looks terrible. And I, I just like, I, I think I had one mile split on the Ironman tracker that was like 655 mile pace. And then one, then I had a mile at 740 pace. And that's just crazy to do that for no, me, like, that I could I do know. that at the end of the, that marathon. That marathon oh, was, you know, it was, it was really brutal. hard. I know. So, when Hillary said you had a 655 at one of those last miles, I was like, I can't even fathom that on, on that course. Well, I just I like, I don't know. It was like, it was like, oh my God, I have a chance that I can win <laughs> this race. Like I never thought I had the chance the whole run until yeah. then. So I just sprinted and then I and then, oh, one of my friends told me what she's wearing because I didn't, I didn't remember. She wasn't yeah. wearing like a kit like ours. She's like, she has, you know, white shirt and a pink shorts. And so I, I can't, I saw her at a, the last aid station and she was walking and I just like passed her and just like never looked back. You know, like oh I just goodness. went around that roundabout went you know. Yeah. And then I saw her, I knew she wasn't, I, she was walking. I knew, I knew she couldn't catch me. Right. Once I was there, I mean, once I passed her like that and I didn't even say anything, I just passed her. And then, you know, the out and back before the finish line, I saw her. I mean, she, she ended up, I beat her by like six minutes or something. Oh, wow. So, um, so I saw her, I saw her at the, near the end of the out and back. Yeah. So she, anyway, and then. I, so I could like enjoy the whole finish line and Hillary and a friend of mine were oh. at the finish line and I gave them a hug and, and went, funny. you know, went down the finisher shooting like that. My, one of my best friends was behind the line, like with his arms wide open. Yeah. Like, so I was just like, I mean, I just, I, I, and I was cramping up in the last like mile and a half, like, yeah. but I'm like, I can't, I can't let this happen. You know? Yeah. And yeah. I, I just, and I finished and I like jumped really high and, <laughs> I have this great finisher picture and I was like, I knew that I, I knew that I won. So it was just like the best moment like of my life. It's like, it was amazing. Oh my goodness. So, so you got to ride that high all year long. Um, I mean, that is such a huge, huge accomplishment on such a hard, hard course, uh, you know, and so now here you are, you, you spent the year and you were able to prep for Kona. You've been to Kona before. You know it too. I mean, you know it's a tough. Yeah, but like I said, I wasn't gonna do Kona again. Oh, you like did. When I did okay. it, when I did it in 2017, I'm like, I'm not coming back. Like I started throwing up on the run that year, oh. and I didn't have a good race, and I'm like, I'm not coming back. But then, you know, I don't know. Then I won that ra this race. And, yeah. Um. So you had to go know. back. Like yeah. I, I had just my friends there, and they're like, you know, 
Lynn, you you have to go. Yes. Absolutely. So it was like it was just different. It you know. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go. And and she, the second place Canadian, she ended up with going too. Oh. Okay. And she got she. I actually I didn't even talk to her at St. George. Like we didn't even talk to each other. But I saw her in transition but at Kona, and I talked to her, and she got fourth place in Kona. Oh wow! I think she's I think she's like a former pro or something. Okay. But okay. um. Okay. She she had a good really good race. That's awesome. So okay, so tell me about Kona. Um, you already you know go in knowing this course. Uh, you know it's it's not friendly or 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 you know forgiving to anyone. Um, tell me about. Obviously, the vibes were off the charts because it had been a while since people have even been in Kona. It's been like three years, so I know the the vibe, the excitement, all of that makes it worth it to be there. Uh, but the actual race day, um, you know, what were the conditions like? What did you experience? What was going through? You know, how did that go um, this year for you at Kona? And what were some lessons learned from the race? Well, I don't think I was really nervous for the course because okay. um, I've done it a few times. So, right. um, but like the swim is never my favorite part of the course. Right. Um, and it wasn't, I don't think it was super windy in the water. Like I swam two days before and it was really not fun at all. Okay. So luckily it, it wasn't, um, it was okay. The, the water wasn't that bad just you know it was crowded at the start I got like, yeah. knocked a few times even though you started by age group but um or you know like it was like 55 and older all started together for the women um but my swim was about what I thought it would be okay and then um I don't know I started on the bike and I like I just didn't feel great on the bike even from the beginning I, I really don't know why I don't know why maybe I just didn't eat enough or something okay, okay. um and it, it was really hot day. I think it yeah. was like a high of like 91 or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was hot. really, really humid. That's what everyone says. Like I was listening to Danielle Reef and she was like, you know, oh, so hot, you know, yeah. like, and people were, I mean, people were throwing up on the bike Oh goodness. and I don't know. I, I'm just not like, I like climbing like St. George, like yeah. being an arrow and wind yeah. and it wasn't like super, super windy out there either, which may, which makes it, hotter though. yeah so, and your drink you know your drinks like they they have less aid stations they had less aid stations on That's the bike and the run um because they didn't have enough volunteers okay so i don't know you're drinking your you know i started with three bottles and you know they're warm by the time you're drinking them, yeah you know yeah. um and then got up to Javi and, you know, like I never, I, I don't want to say I never get passed, but it, I, I usually pass people in my, on the bike. Right. But people were passing me and it was just like, oh, you know. Yeah. And, and on the way back, like I started, I've never had this, like my legs started cramping and like almost locking up. And I actually had to stop three different times just to like massage my legs. So, oh. so I'm like, I, this is the first time I thought like, maybe I'm not even going to be able to finish oh. this race. Okay. So I, um, but I did, you know, I did, I just kept going and um, finished all the salt I had. And, you know, I stopped every aid station, grabbed water and drank some and poured some on me and, you know, finished the bike and, you know, way longer than more than half an hour than I should have. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then I kind of thought, oh, I'm just going to like sit in T2 and just like regroup, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. But then uh, that's just not part of my DNA. I just couldn't yeah. do that. You got to keep <laughs> So going. I like, you know, grab my stuff. I, I, you know, there is also like not enough people in T2. There was usually you, you have like one person helping you. Yeah. You know, you saw you in like yeah, in St. George. George. Like amazing. there was I nobody helping me yeah. in the, in the T1 either. There's usually oh. like one person per person yeah. helping you take your stuff out, putting your stuff out, helping you put your stuff. There's nobody helping you. Not like I need help, but it's, yeah. you know, it's just, it's kind of comforting, you know, yeah. and helpful. So there's, they just didn't have enough volunteers for that. And anyway, I put my stuff on, um, I run with a bottle, but it was empty because I didn't want to put hot stuff in it. Yeah. And I started, I put like a wet towel on my neck and then I started and I felt okay in the beginning of the run. I saw my friends and family like in the beginning of the run. And, but then, you know, when you see people walking already on a leaky drive, like really fast people that I know, I'm like, gosh, they're already walking, you know, demoralizing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would start walking every, you know, for like 10 seconds and then running and, and I was doing, oh, I was doing better than I thought I would. And then I got up to Queen K and I don't know, somewhere like mile 12 or 13, I ended up throwing up again, which that's oh. never happened other than Conan. But after that, like I couldn't, um, I just couldn't eat anything like the, like I take spring gels and I couldn't, I, I had one like mile four, eight and 12, but then that could. was it. Yeah. And I couldn't even drink, you know, just like takes little sips of the Gatorade. And then I dumped that on and just put ice water. And, you know, I, a couple other times I threw up in the energy lab and on the way back, I think. Oh, so it was no just fun. like, you know, that's running, so you know, yeah. running, shuffling, a little yeah. bit of walking. And I kind of just, I didn't like give up. I just knew I wasn't going to be like in the, you know, top of my age group or anything. Yeah. So I just, didn't care I did I just wanted to finish and yeah yeah because you know I mean I had good friends that like DNF that are like yeah. guys that were like you know that day so you never know so it's just you just want to finish yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah. no you always have to respect the distance that's for sure and I think that is the biggest challenge because I mean we even seen pros who have to pull out of the race and you know, the, obviously the prep is there, the fitness is there, but on the day, the conditions of the day, um, you don't know how your body's going to show up. You don't know how your body's going to, you know, handle the conditions. And, and, you know, that is one of the biggest things about, you know, especially the full distance. Um, you know, there's so much respect for the distance going into it because truly anything can happen. <laughs> it's tough. And, and it can yeah, be I mean, so... in, in that kind of heat, I think it's hard yeah. to get the calories in. Yeah. Um, because you don't want for it every, for everybody because you, you just it. don't yeah. want it and it's warm yeah. and it's just like ugh. yeah yeah so I don't you know I'd be interested to see how like the winning pros what they what they manage to eat and stuff oh, it's unbelievable um, unbelievable unbelievable well so next on the radar is uh 70.3 St. George Worlds super exciting uh, you know, you just have a little bit of a probably like a recovery week and then a week to sharpen up and then paper week really uh, to lead into the world championship. How are you feeling going into that? I mean, obviously, you know, the course you've conquered that course, and this is only half the distance. I mean, I'm more excited about that course than, yeah. <laughs> than Kona, obviously. So, yeah. you know, as long as I can recover um, well, and 
I mean, I mean, I'm excited about it. I, would I love think we're going to gonna end, see you know, a good race out of you, Lynn, for that. I mean, I, you are. <laughs> it's going to seem easy. If I can end with a good race, then I'd be thrilled. So next up on our show, we are privileged to have Mike Ween, three-time ITU world champion, Ironman 70.3 world champion, six-time Ironman Kona finisher, Boston and New York marathon age group winner. And I know it goes on and on, Mike. So congratulations. Thanks so much for being on the show. And once again, another Kona completion. So now it's seven-time. Uh, Kona finisher and you finished top 10 you're what eighth in your age group this year once again so another solid Kona finish so I mean just jump in what was Kona like this year it was so exciting to be back I'm sure yeah I, that's the important thing it, it it was so you know it's great to be back competing mm -hmm. it's great to be around everybody somehow the Ironman organization figured out how to host twice as many people this year and yeah. they did it quite well um and you know it was just it was fabulous being back it was like one big party i know i felt like the kid that got left out at home watching everything going on and wishing so badly i could be there it just looked amazing um the vibes just seemed off the chart now how did you like having a two-day event how did you feel about that well um yeah, ideally, I'd love to see it as one day and, and we're all competing together. Yeah. But given that there were five, you know, over 5,000, they had doubled the number. I thought yeah. really well. I really enjoyed cheering on the, the men that I knew, the younger men that I knew in the race. And it was fun, you know, having them be able to cheer me on. And, and also the, uh, you know, competing, the older guys competed with the ladies. And yeah. You know, so I thought it went well. It was a long week, though, especially because both Nanette and I volunteer when we're not racing. And so between the volunteering and the racing, uh, I left Kona thoroughly exhausted. <laughs> and and I'm glad you said that because the secret is going to be out now once people listen to this, that Gustav's magic was given to him by you. You guys were the ones that put his race numbers on that morning, right? It was amazing. Nanette and I, yes, we actually put his race numbers on because we had volunteered uh, for, for, you know, marking the athletes. And uh, Nanette has been uh, volunteering for the last 11 years. So we get some good spots. So we were at the pro desk. And what a delightful young man. Um, he just came in as we actually did a number of pros, but he just came in so relaxed and just, uh, you know, uh, very comfortable with the morning. And I'm so glad you captured that you know, on your Instagram and were able to get a picture of that. It was amazing. He, yeah, I think, um, the, well, all I'm thinking is I'm thinking the joke was someone told him, hey, it got shortened to a 5K because <laughs> that's how he was running. That's how he looked. I know, I don't know if you got to go back and see the broadcast, but watching him on screen, it literally looked like he was running a 5K until the end. I mean, he looked so fresh until the very end. It was just so amazing uh, how strong he looked in the race he had. Uh, and then there was that, you know, that epic pass, uh, you know, when he passed Sam. And um, Sam put out there, I saw on his Instagram, that, that um, he said, I'm proud of you when he passed them. And, um, you know, just seeing that played over and over the sportsmanship. It, it's just there's on so many levels. Uh, and then, of course, you know, we can't deny the whole motherhood 
theme now with, um, you know, Chelsea. I mean, it was just everything was just so amazing. Such an amazing history in the making for sure. Uh, sure. You know, sure, let, me was... com- let me comment on a couple things. Sure. First of all, what was demonstrated when he when you know when the pass that you just mentioned mm-hmm. one of the things i love about this sport is that we are competitors but we are also friends and we encourage each other mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily happen in most sports i totally agree the totally agree that while chelsea's performance was amazing her acceptance speech mm-hmm. uh, was unbelievable uh, it was just she, you know, took the time to thank people, which is in general, but also she talked about the importance of supporting women, particularly women who are, uh, you know, having babies and mm-hmm. trying to raise babies and the challenge that they have and that, you know, we as a sport need to, you know, continue to to support their efforts in a special way and she got a standing ovation it was terrific i know iron man is working very hard and is very proud of that um and uh you know she is represents motherhood as as athletes very well it was such an amazing race so many big lessons on so many levels and and i totally agree with you i mean I think there's so much respect because of how hard this sport is, you know, the big demand that it that it takes to to show up even ready to complete a race, let alone perform um, at those types of levels. And I think that that respect, I think, is just so it's just so deep. I think that has a lot to do with the sportsmanship in the sport. And it was it was amazing to see it on full display um, at the World Championship. Uh, so I want to hear about your race. Tell me, you know, you've been at Kona. You're no, you know, you're no newbie to Kona. You know what to expect. You know the course. Uh, you know it's a challenge. How did this race compare for you compared to, you know, some of the other years past? Well, I had a strong swim, even though on Thursday it, the water was pretty rough. Mm-hmm. I had a strong swim. I was able to find people to draft on a regular basis, which is legal. Excellent. Um, on the bike, um, I was better prepared for the bike than I have been in years. Um, I had a really good bike fit, and um, I just felt comfortable on the bike. I had a little bit of cramping at about mile 70, but drank quickly and, and solved that problem. And I started off on the run. I was running strong for the first eight miles. And uh, then I realized that while I was running strong, I was not, uh, and I was taking in plenty of fluids, uh, they weren't getting into my system and they were just hanging out in my stomach. Oh no. And at mile eight, uh, I had a full stomach. And as I like to say, at mile 8.1, I had nothing in my stomach. (laughs) So so you can connect the dots. And I felt great and then continued running. And after two miles, I realized that because I wasn't absorbing any calories and, and probably not any fluids, um, you know, I started to really wear out and, yeah. um, you know, the heat got to me, uh, which it usually doesn't. This run is my strength. Yeah. Um, and uh, so instead of catching up, which I usually do on the run, I pretty much held my own. Yeah. Uh, and then the last six miles, I sort of came to and picked up my pace and was able to run solidly and went from at one point 11th to 8th. 
Good for you. Good for you. What a strong race. And I saw your finishing picture. You looked, uh, you looked strong. You looked, you know, so excited to finish, but yeah, it's definitely a distance and a course to always respect because you never know what your body's going to do. And I've heard a lot of that from the athletes, a lot of the cramping once they got to the bike, which you don't usually experience that, but I've heard that from other athletes too, um, you know, from this past race that they were getting cramping on the bike. Uh, so must've been, you know, I think it was, was it in the nineties, high eighties, nineties? I think it was 88, but yeah, it, was, it was close. It was humid and the sun was coming down and who knows what the temperature was in those black lava fields. Oh goodness. Everything <laughs> radiating off. Yeah. yeah. It gets pretty intense, but you know, when people talk about the weather and how tough it is, I remind them, listen, they did not name this a sissy man. <laughs> Exactly. It's a course to be respected, uh, for sure, for sure. Um, so tell me quickly, you know, you, you're having what, a recovery week, then maybe a week to sharpen up and then back into taper. Uh, what are you looking for? You know, what are you looking for for 70.3 Worlds? Are you looking to go back and take the title? Well, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm the defending champ. Exactly. Um, I've gotten a year older and some other people have come in and there's, I know some terrific competitors. Um, you know, my goal is to do my best, and I hope my best puts me back on the podium. There you go. There you go. So tell me, Mike, um, I would just love to know what, how, like, what do you do for recovery? Because I know, you know, as we get older, I mean, I see it myself, the recovery becomes so, so crucial, even more than, you know, the younger athletes, I think. Uh, how do you make up for that? Are, you know, how many hours are you sleeping? Are you doing extra recovery exercises? You know, what, what is kind of your routine to be able to to stay so strong and keep going? Yeah, um, I'm just one of those very fortunate ones. Okay. Uh, first of all, I go into a race in really good shape. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't, my tapers are much shorter than most. My okay. tapers are only a week to 10 days. And then... Um, you know, my, my recoveries, I'm walking the next day and then I'm, I'm swimming and, um, you know, we're what, uh, f five days out. I went for a, a, a nice bike ride yesterday. Um, I ran a 10K yesterday. I but was swam when I was still in Hawaii two days after the race and, and ran up a Leahy Drive, you know, and just wow. easy. And now that we're tomorrow, we're 10 days, uh, seven days out. Um, that's enough of this, uh, um, recovery. <laughs> I get going and I've got, you know, I'm running with my group. Uh, I'll, I've got a long bike ride on Friday, so I'm back in full. And, um, you know, I, there, there's nothing magical about it. I, you know, I do have a physical therapist that loves to torture me. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, uh, and, I just, um, you know, casually slowly get back into it, but get back into it. And I'm very fortunate that, uh, you know, my, my muscles are, are ready to go. Well, you are goals for sure. Um, you definitely represent the longevity of the sport. And uh, it's mind blowing to see, you know, the, the performances. You know, I, I have other people age group. Um, I have somebody else that I'm going to talk to after you. And he's in the 60 to 64 age group. And he's like the dinosaur age group. I'm like, no, you guys are like goals. That's gold. It's respect. And when you see your times and how well you guys do, um, so much respect as, you know, you athletes continue on. And it's definitely something that, you know, we all aspire to, to be. 
uh, you know, when we get to your stage and I hope we can still be out there rocking and rolling like you guys are because you're so much inspiration. So I appreciate you, Mike, being on the show. Anything else you want to add about Kona or anything else you want to say before we close out? Sure. Joy, you know, a lot of people think I'm crazy three weeks after Kona going to St. George. Um, but then I tell them, well, but I'm also the defending champ of the New York. <laughs> and, and that's eight days later. And, and, and so if you think I'm crazy going to St. George, well, then you'll think I'm even crazier that I'm going to be running the New York Marathon eight days later. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. So you're doing that. And then the Mar- Oh, wow. So exciting. Well, we will definitely be tracking you because you have a title there to defend, too. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, I- wow. You better keep, keep going. Strong. Listen, I like my age group. I like competing against 70 year olds. <laughs> well, you do it and you do it well and you do it well than even people a lot long- younger than you. So keep at it. You're definitely doing something right. And we will we're going to keep our eye on you for sure, Mike. Thanks. I'll see you in St. George, too. All right. Well, I am here with our follow-up race recap with Andre. Uh, this was his first time racing professionally in Kona. Andre, did it live up to all of your expectations? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a dream come true, like I said before. Uh, it was a really special moment for my career, towing the line with the best physically athletes in the world and uh, having a yeah, really really good experience up in the in the island. So how did so walk us through? Um, I mean, the morning of how were you feeling? How did the swim go? You know, what was the water like, uh, you know, and, and just walk us through the swim. Yeah, I mean, the the morning off was, like, really everything was super smooth. Uh, I got in there early, had, like, an hour and a half before this start, so I got had time to settle in, calm the nerves down a little bit. Uh, I was with Rachel, so that helped a lot. So she took care of all my stuff after I checked in and put all this stuff on my bike. And, yeah, the morning off the race is just, like, a – it's basically when you try to get in your zone and like really soaking the moment and the, the the world championships in Hawaii has a really special ceremony with all the locals uh singing for the island they have the ritual so I just I was really, really feeling the energy of the moment and just uh yeah had a really good swim I started really well it was a I made the first pack I swam like 48 minutes which is really quick <laughs> for a non-western yeah. swim and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah it was it just set me up for a really good day just from the start. I also was came out of the water with Simodano, uh, my fellow teammate from Waterfall, which gave me a lot of confidence as I was in a good spot for the rest of the race. And, yeah, it was, it was like an awesome day from there, you know, but it was really hard towards the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone was saying, you know, for some, a lot of people that I talked to who did Kona for the first time, they were like, you know, it's, the bike course itself, it wasn't, you know, that challenging, it was adding in the heat and the conditions is what make that bike course, you know, so hard. So, you know, how were you feeling on the bike, um, you know, experiencing the heat? And, and I know the aid stations were farther apart. Were you filling up at every aid station? How did how did that go for you? Yeah, I feel like the bike course in Kona, what makes the bike course in Kona special and uh challenging is the competition <laughs> uh the yeah. bike course itself i mean it, it can be really windy it can be really hot this year wasn't really windy uh and uh-huh. it wasn't like i mean on the bike you don't feel super hot uh but yeah the the, the, the level that the guys are pushing the the sport right now is it's insane 
Um, yeah. So it's basically like it was like a 7.3 effort, close to Olympic distance effort for the first hour, and I still didn't make the front pack. Um, wow. So that shows you like how like yeah those guys are going like 20 miles an hour for four hour for four hours, <laughs> and it's uh, wow. that's what it makes it complicated. But yeah, it was. I mean, I I I didn't have huge expectations. I mean, I had I knew what I could do, but I didn't want to take huge risks uh, to not like walk the whole marathon after. But yeah, it was a it was a challenging. Um, I mean, it was it was a really good uh, first year in Kona to see how the race plays out because I feel like I made some tactical mistakes in the professional fields a little bit more. Uh, you cannot just do your race. You gotta have to do that like go with the pace of it being set at the front of the race and sometimes right. you just don't have the the lags or you, you're not ready to go that hard uh, or you're afraid right. of going that hard to blowing up so but yeah it was a I feel like overall I, I learned a lot from that experience on the bike uh, but I still had mm-hmm. a really good bike but it was not good enough to be like close to the front of the race Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So then getting to the run, um, you know, that a big topic for everybody was how far, how far apart those aid stations were, you know, especially with the conditions. You know, what did you run into on the run, uh, you know, and when did you start, you know, obviously when did the heat start getting to you, like was it right from the beginning or how were you feeling throughout the run? Yeah, I feel like the run, yeah, the, the eight stations were farther apart this year, which made it a little bit more challenging to cool off and have, a, like, a, yeah, a lot of aid in the eight stations, like a constant aid during the run. Uh, but the guys still ran fast, and I and I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I felt like I was a little bit exhausted <laughs> by halfway point. Yeah. I was feeling good in the first 10 miles. I mean, good-ish. Uh, I was feeling like relatively strong, but then, I mean, my wheels came off in the last 16 miles. I just couldn't keep yeah. the pace, and I feel like I was overheating a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, I feel like I, yeah, I didn't have the best feeling of the, in the day. I didn't have the, the best day, but I still hang on, hang, hang, in, hang, I still hang tough and, um, finish what I started. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely a painful experience, <laughs> but I mean, overall, <laughs> I'm happy. With the that I hang tough and I, and I and I finish what I started. I mean, I was still 28th in the world, which is yeah. it's a good result mm-hmm. for a rookie. I mean, uh, my first time in Kona. So, but the run, yeah, it was it was really exposed, really hot as usual, really humid this year. And yeah. I mean, I had to walk quite a bit on the stations because I was trying to soak in every single liquid and uh, hydration. Um, yeah. And I'm actually glad that there were more stations. Otherwise, I think I would have walked more. <laughs> I was just running from one aid station to the other. That was my goal. Like after oh 13 goodness. miles, I was like, just make it to the next aid station, and you can cool off a little bit, get some water, and then get get going again. So that was like my goal for the rest of the race. Like for the last an hour and a half, I was just like, okay, just run 15, 20 minutes, hit 12, 20 minutes, and then make it to the next aid station, and then cross that finish line, you know. Now, now, what did it feel like running down the carpet, Andre? This is the world championship. You made it there. Uh, you know, what What were your emotions coming across that finish? Uh, it was really special, you know. I mean, you had a lot of people cheering me on. had a lot of wonderful people there. Uh, yeah, it was just like a special moment that, like, I, I was looking forward to cross the finish line uh, for a long time uh, since I, I was an age grouper back in 2016. 
And, uh, yeah, it was really special. And, uh, I mean, I wish I had a little bit more energy left in me, but I was like, I, I completely <laughs> collapsed. And I was like, I just had to be taken to the medical tent, but I was like, really, 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 I, I had to waste every single energy uh, that I had uh, on the marathon. But, yeah, it was really special. Yeah, well, Andre, you gave it your all. You gave us a great performance to watch, um, and you're just getting started. Like you said, I mean, you're just getting started, and you'll always go back to this first Kona as a professional, you know, as a reference point. So big congratulations to you. You made us all very proud um, just making it there, and then, you know, to complete it and to complete it strong. Uh, yeah, soak it in. Soak it in. I hope you're at the high. Now, I guess you're, are you finished for the year? Or are you going to do the clash at the end of the year? Or what's on your schedule? Um, I haven't fully decided yet. I'm still in Hawaii. Just really enjoying the Hawaiian vibes and the energy here. Uh, but <laughs> I will make a decision on Monday if I'm going to keep racing. Uh, okay. If I do another pool in Cozumel. Or oh, if I do another yeah. 20.3 by the end of the year. So I'm going to yeah. see how my yeah. body feels. It's still, I'm just, like, relaxing and letting the body heal because I was really big yeah. ass for the body last Saturday. Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm having to fully decide. But the goal is to get back together and maybe try to get a, already qualified for Conor next year in, 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 the, in the late season Ironman or just really shut it down right now and do it back to do an early Ironman next year and get back to the big island. So that's the – Kind of like, oh, I should get back to, to here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> absolutely. And, and we know you will. We know you will. Well, thoroughly enjoy, you know, your life. Is this your last day there in, in, you're in Kauai? Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, enjoy it. Take it all in. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll follow up and, and catch up with you later. But thanks for checking in, Andre. And once again, great job. And now for our follow-up with Haley Chura, 13th in the women's pro field. And I also just wanted to do a quick shout-out thank you. She actually is also a host with Alyssa Gadeski on the Iron Women podcast. And they had us on to talk about the Waterfall Racing team, to talk about the Waterfall Racing podcast. And it was a lot of fun. They have an incredible podcast, so make sure you go check that out as well. Um, well, I am here, uh, as promised, with the follow-up from pro Haley Chura, who finished top 13 in the pro field. And when we look at the performances on the day, Haley, that's, like, amazing. I know you're, you've got to be so proud about how you ended up. I am. I'm really psyched. It was my best finish at the Ironman World Championship. And it was just, it was a day that I feel like reflected my training. And that's, like, what I think we all are always working for in so let's start off, um, you know, initially I know you, you knew there was going to be a lot of competition on the swim, you know, so many strong, strong swimmers, but still you were what fourth in on the swim. I mean, how did the swim go? I know I heard the little foot tapping story that that was cracking me uh, up, but overall, um, um, I mean, how did you feel about your swim? Yeah, I actually performed a little bit. I think it was on the swim and I've had, you know, my swim has been a little bit tough this summer, so it wasn't completely unexpected. And I think I came out of the water fifth. I'm not, I'm not totally sure, but I missed both. There were two, Lucy Charles Barkley was leading and then Lauren Brandon, that might be included Pamela Oliveira uh, and uh, Fenella Langridge and um, Rebecca Clark. So there was a pretty strong group that I know that I'm, typically a little bit uh more with that group so I was a little bit further behind but 
I tried to remind myself that it's a long day and, um, you know, it's, it's just one small part of it. And so I was just hopeful that, you know, my, my struggles in this one weren't indicative of, of the whole day. No, it was, it was an amazing performance. Um, so then you get to the bike. Uh, what were the wins like that day? Um, I know some people were already like cramping on the bike. Were the aid stations spaced out for the bike as well? I know they were on the run. Were they farther for the bike too? How, how did you experience the bike? Yes, the aid stations were further spaced than in previous years. I actually really, really struggled with when I raced in St. George earlier this year was the spacing of the aid stations. So I had taken some time in the day before to really like look at where the aid stations were on the map and kind of visualize that and just make sure I was aware of where they were so that I could kind of plan my day like that. And so that I'm really glad I did that. And then I did take my time going through those aid stations to slow down a little bit and make sure I grabbed plenty of fluids. I, I, I definitely on a couple of them was like out of fluids when I hit the aid station. So I think I did a really good job. I'm actually really proud of myself and the winds, I mean, the winds were there. They definitely were not the worst I've ever seen in Hawaii or experienced in Hawaii, but um, I was braced for like terrible, terrible crosswinds while descending Javi. And luckily that didn't happen because that's quite scary. And we had a, a pretty, you know, decent headwind, I think, coming in um, at the end of the ride. And that was probably where I struggled the most. And I would have preferred a tailwind on the day, but, you know, you take what you get and I'm, I'm happy with how I handled it. No, no, that was great. So you, you start, this is where it gets crazy for me when I heard your interview. Um, so you start the run and you realize you're, you're not going to have a watch for this run. You're not going to be able to do your normal pacing. I mean, you have to be an extremely experienced athlete, number one, to not freak out about that. But then number two, to have the performance you still had running off of feel, um, you know, because it can work both ways. You can either be going out too hot or, you know, you're not keeping the pace that you need to keep. So, you know, what went through your mind once you realized, okay, I'm, I'm just going to be going off a field for not a half marathon, the full marathon, and not just the marathon, the world championship. Uh, yeah. You know, what went through your head and how did you pivot and, and reframe that? It's kind of like, why today? <laughs> but um, why yeah. not like an easy run day? And I was hoping we had some buzz or something, but and I can collect <laughs> the data. But it was, no, there was not going to be anything. But I kind of wish there was a clock out here, so I had some idea. But yeah. I kind of was just telling myself, okay, it's, you know, just go by feel. This isn't your first time running this. And oh, my goodness. Okay. And then there's another key piece of this race. We'll, we'll get to it in a second. But I love that all of a sudden it hit you. I am here in the mix. I am seeing Lucy Charles. I'm seeing Chelsea. I am seeing everybody. I'm here in the mix. Um, that had to, you know, to have a front row seat like that is, you know, that had to be so validating for you. But then I want to hear about this aid station interaction with Jan. That, that uh, to me is just crazy. Uh, so tell me about that. Seen, there's some videos out now I think where Jan is Jan Fredino three-time world champion Ironman world champion and you know gold Olympic gold medalist and 70.3 world champion I mean he was out there looked and I realized it was Jan Fredino and I mean I, that was also <laughs> a good indication that um that I, my mental faculties were still there and I was <laughs> definitely recognized and immediately I you know threw out some four-letter words because I was I was just really excited and 
and he was an awesome volunteer. I will say he was like, oh, he grabbed like two more cups of water and like poured ice water down my back. And I was like, this guy knows what he's doing. But, um, yeah. you know, I thought that was a really cool moment for me because I, I just, it made me really love the sport in, you know, the best mental place ever. I imagine, you know, being hurt and right. being in the, at Kona is a hard combination and yeah. really, you know, doing what he can to help the pro women on a really, really special day for us. And I thought that that was just really a class act and just very, very cool. And it made me just have this a new appreciation for the sport and for my competitors, you know, male and female competitors. And I just, I've admired Jan as an athlete. I don't know him personally, but in that moment I was like, wow, he seems like a good dude. So I really appreciated that. And it did give me a little, a little burst of effort headed out on the queen K. That is amazing. And that's just that we love about the sport is that access, you know, to, to the top pros and you know how it is a, a group. It's a team, you know, it's a family. It truly is. Um, okay, so the run, it sounds like you handled it pretty well, you know, even though, you know, the heat, the day, um, but then talk to me, I think you said mile 22, 23, um, when you didn't see an aid station in sight, obviously mentally, that probably just really demoralized you. And, you know, at that moment, emotionally, obviously, you're starting to break down, your body is, you know, it's at its very, you know, getting to its limit. Um, you know, how how did you get through that? Where do you go in those dark moments? You know, what, what is it that gives you that last push of endurance? Because that's when it all counts, right? That's when the race truly starts is when you have nothing left or you think you have nothing left and you're able to dig deep and move on. I mean, I think that is everything when it comes to our sports. So talk us through that. Yeah. So it was a really, I, I got to the energy lab. Okay. So people who are familiar with the course will know that the energy lab, which is like, I think, I think where they do like research on solar energy. <laughs> um, I think that's where it's got its name. I was like, someone asked me that recently and I was like, I'm not totally sure, but it's a really hard portion of the course. Again, very lonely, very hot. It has a slight incline, incline that's just um, feels like Mount Everest when you're doing it. And so got through that. And then I was feeling good. But then for some reason, turning back on the Queen K, I just felt, you know, I just started to unravel a little bit, like you mentioned. And it's is you're like, you have about, you know, it's like mile 19, 20, 21, 22, like through that just felt really long and um, very hot. And just, it's, it's a hard stretch of road and definitely an area for improvement for me. But on the day, I'm still really proud of my, my, my efforts. But I think what's happened to me in the last couple races, um, when I've had those down moments, and I said this after after I won in Ironman Mont Tremblant like a couple months ago, I just um, one of the things that's helped me is like thinking about people that I really admire. You know, whether that's Jan Frodeno, whether that's um, uh, you know just people in my my day to day life, other athletes I admire whether it's, you know, myself, uh, you know, from like my 24 sure. year old self who raced there sure. or myself from Montremblant or, um, you know, I just try to think about these people I admire and I'm like, what, why do I admire them? And it's like, it is usually because they do kind of really hard things and they, they figure out how to get through them. And it can't, it doesn't even necessarily have to be the same, you know, triathlon, the same right. kind of hard thing. I admire, right. you know, athletes in other sports or people who, you know, dedicate themselves to research in certain fields yeah. and how hard that is and like how unusual that is and how much criticism they probably get and how they probably have these futile times where they, they don't know if they can keep going and somehow they do and they might have a breakthrough from that. And, um, and even just people, you know, the age groupers who are out there yeah. and who are, 
you know, started an hour and a half after me and it only gets hotter out there, yeah. you know, and they're still going. And so I think about them. And so I think that's try what I, where I try to get my mind to go and to really be like, I want to be like those people, you know, and some of those people are around me. Some of those people are at home. Some of those people are people I've never met, you know, and probably never will. And so I just kind of have a list of that in my head and I'm like, okay, like this is a moment in time. It's temporary. It's hard right now, but you, you know, this person you admire would hang on. So be that person. And so that's kind of, I think where, where I've been able to go recently and it's been a really positive headspace for me. And just, I'm, I'm really proud of, of what I've accomplished. And it it doesn't have to be chasing someone down. It doesn't have to be winning. It doesn't have to be anything. It's just getting the most out of yourself given the certain conditions in that moment. No, I love it. I love that reframing. Um, Cause I think that's the biggest question that, you know, we as age groupers ask about, you know, and from the pros is, you know, there's a reason you guys are on an elite level. And, you know, when it comes down to it at the end, you know, so many of y'all are physically on the same level, but that mental strength is, is that differentiating that 1% difference, that one, two, 3% difference, you know, in all athletes across the board, but especially, you know, when it comes to you pros and um, that's, that's incredible reframing. So thanks for, for sharing that with us. And Haley, I hope you are getting some time to relax and enjoy. Um, And so you're, you're, are you done for the year or you? Oh no, I'm actually, I'm hopefully still planning to race a challenge. Daytona or no clash clash Daytona sorry clash Daytona um and so in the beginning of December so I raced clash Watkins Glen earlier this year and just really had a lot of fun racing on a racetrack so I haven't done Daytona yet so that's my plan I know it's gonna be hot and a little bit um a little out of my comfort zone but I'm I'm taking some downtime right now I am resting (laughs) I've uh, I've not been doing much physical exercise this week in the week since the race which I can't believe it's already been a week um I'm working on recovering so you know, it's, it's going to be a fun end of season race for me in Daytona, but I'm really looking forward to it. And then, um, and then I'll plan, make some plans for 2023, but for the most part, I'm also just taking some time to celebrate and, um, reflect on a year that was very unexpected for me and a lot of fun. Yeah. A year you should be so proud of, and I'll probably be down in Daytona as well. So hopefully. Oh, awesome. Yeah. It's, it's a very fun race. You'll, you'll love it. It is as you know, you got to see what clash was like. Um, and Daytona is even next level too. It's so fun. So, so. Oh, fun. great. Well, hopefully I'll see you there. Yeah. Well, Haley, uh, you should be so proud. Keep going back and looking at those pictures. Keep, you know, watching everything. Um, definitely take the time to reflect on all you've accomplished this year. And uh, we will catch up with you probably in Daytona. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Joy. Talk to you soon. So for our mindset minute, I just want to say how grateful I am for all these nuggets of wisdom As you notice, I kept asking, where do you go when it gets dark at the end of the race? And it was just so interesting to hear, you know, how each person kind of handles and reframes that differently. And it's something I really needed for for ammo in my own tank. Uh, This week got a little dark for me. My husband was actually off grid all week. Uh, He went to see our oldest son and they went hunting, exploring, fishing in Idaho. And so, you know, on top of everything else you know, not having that extra help with the kids and all their activities and all the things, uh, you know, of course, it was a crazy work week as well. So by the time I got to my last big training sessions, as we gear up for 70.3 Worlds this weekend, I was already like emotionally and physically gone. And so it was a struggle getting through both of these uh, to the point where my run on Saturday, I found myself 
uh, at my my quick water break, staring at the wall in a parking lot, and a few tears were rolling down my face. I was just emotionally gone, so gone. And um, I was able though to go back and think of you know all these conversations I have, and and dig deep. So it was great to to hear all of that. And remember. That's what you need when you get to your limit. That's actually a good sign because it shows that you have put it all out there in your training and um, that's what you're going to get at the end of the race. So you'll be able to tap into that and be strong and have a strong finish to your race. So stay tuned. Next week, I have got, we're going to start talking about 70.3 Worlds. I've got an interview with a great mindset coach. And then also we're going to bring on one of our pro athletes who knows all about 70.3 Worlds and we're going to be picking their brain on how to best take the course. Well, thanks for joining us today on our Waterfall Racing Podcast. Hopefully there were some good takeaways for you and hopefully it gave you a little bit more insight into who we are. If you would like to find out more or join our community, go to waterfallracing.com. You can find us on Instagram as well. If you have a mailbag question that you would like us to answer, send me a DM at jmcadams5 on Instagram. We'll be answering some of those questions in future episodes. And remember, when it comes to training, Sometimes it's just about showing up. I love the mantra, anything's better than nothing. Not every session is going to go perfect, but show up. Consistency is always king. Happy training.